All right, everybody, don't drop that fast forward button. The sponsorship roll call is about to begin. Energy Consulting Limited provides complete project management and general contracting services to a variety of private sector clients on both commercial and residential construction projects. They act as the owner's representatives through the planning, design, budgeting, scheduling, construction, and occupancy processes. Clients appreciate their open, honest, and flexible approach to achieving their project goals. Although they are located in Surrey, BC, Energy works on projects all over the province, including the growing cities of the north and the beautiful coastal towns of Vancouver Island. They're always excited to explore new places and develop relationships with professionals wherever their clients' interests may be. Abacus North is a firm that specializes in mortgage banking solutions for complex projects. In addition to providing financing solutions in a traditional mortgage broker capacity, Abacus North provides direct loans that range from $2 million to $25 million. On a syndicated basis, they provide mortgage banking solutions up to $300 million. In most cases, their in-house capital solutions can bridge financing gaps that traditional lenders are unable to service. They specialize in providing land acquisition loans, construction financing for large-scale developments, income-producing properties, and single-purpose facilities. With a portfolio that includes high-rise, mid-rise, and low-rise condominiums, townhouse developments, shopping centers, agricultural properties, industrial developments, and medical marijuana facilities, Abacus North is at the forefront of creative mortgage banking solutions with a focus on fostering long-term relationships. They are a multifaceted organization that services domestic and international clients with their mortgage banking needs. Complex financing solutions require analytical thinking well beyond a typical mortgage broker relationship. As a result, they focus on providing engineered solutions for their client. Their key differentiation strategy is that they assist clients in actively managing the capital stack in order to minimize borrowing costs while maximizing flexibility. Abacus North focuses on national and global opportunities. Ascentia CPA has a team of new-gen chartered professional accountants that are dedicated to advancing companies using expertise combined with emerging technologies. The team at Ascentia will implement the latest accounting technologies, allowing you to not only run a business, but to run a smart business that will excel in your industry. Their focus is to provide growth-centric, value-added, and timely accounting services for businesses, as well as individuals across Canada. Unlike standard accounting firms, by embracing cloud-based software, the team at Ascentia will provide you with real-time accounting information on a secure platform that is accessible anywhere at any time, allowing you to make better informed decisions and gain more controlled overview of your financial data. The reliability and expertise you will experience with the professionals at Ascentia will assist you in the preparation of corporate and personal tax returns, financial statements, bookkeeping, government filings, tax and estate planning, as well as business advisory services. For more information on the advantages of online accounting and to book a complimentary meeting online, be sure to visit ascentiacpa.ca. We are all right the highly anticipated wrap-up of the diet portion between you know, carnivore diet, vegan diet, keto diet, paleo diet, my regular diet, 
like what's the difference what did I learn and let's do like a little bit of a recap because there's been a lot of people have been reaching out to me and just hounding me to be able to do this and you know like I don't I don't know why I've been stalling on it and you know I, I really feel like now a big part of me stalling on it is because there's so much information and I don't feel like any one singular recap podcast that I do um, is going to be able to just allow me to be able to fully articulate all the information that needs to come out in regards to the information that I've learned. So I'm going to be straight up. The number one thing that I'm going to say to everybody right off the beginning is that the one singular thing that I've learned that I think is the most profound is that my industry is full of shit. And I don't really think that this comes to surprise or as a surprise to most people, but you know, like it really is. You know, like the information that I've been peddling, like some fucking back alley, you know, junkie street dealer of drugs, that's just bad information. And, you know, now when I look at a lot of the people who are in the same position that I am with, you know, giving information about like nutrition and, you know, trainers giving information about nutrition and dietitians and nutritionists giving all this information about nutrition and, you know, seeing these ads that are being put out there and the new Canadian uh, food guide and the American food guide and all this information that's on the, the internet. I'm just like, wow, like what a bunch of shit. You know, like there's definitely, you know, like some people who are peddling some better information. But the one thing that I've really learned is when we hyper identify with one thing, this is the worst. So anybody who is like, you know, this keto, this keto, this keto, this keto, it's like, tell them to fuck right off. If anybody's going to say, hey, vegan, 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 tell them to fuck right off. Anybody's going to say, you know, carnivore, 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 tell them to fuck right off. And, you know, paleo, I don't feel like there's a whole lot of paleo pushers per se anymore. But if you do come across one of them, tell them to pound fucking sand too, because that's really all it comes down to. Because... Not only have I realized that there's not one singular way to eat, which I think that we all globally do know, it's that they all have their shortcomings. Every single one of them have their holes that I could poke. You know, when it comes to the carnivore diet, for example, like I actually really love the carnivore diet. And, you know, in my mind, a lot of people in my life know that there's a pretty good chance that I'm going to go back on a modified version of the carnivore diet. I'm just going to plug the holes because I actually felt like it was probably the best, you know, out of all the diets that I was on. um, I really do honestly feel like it was probably the best, except for the holes. But those holes can be plugged very easily. And the reason why I say that, you know, like it just wasn't like a great diet in general is obviously, you know, like I started to develop signs of gout, which I never had before. You know, we found this in my blood work. You know, I found like my endurance did go down. You know, these were two very big things to me that like I didn't want to feel because like with gout, then you get joint distress. You know, and joint distress when you're a high functioning athlete is definitely not okay. It's not something that you want to battle with. It's not something that you want even present in your body. And lack of endurance definitely is not there. And questionable strength. Like, and I say this to people all the time, like the questionable strength. When I had to be strong, I was strong as I've always have been, which was great as reliance that I could fall back on the information. But it definitely was not this confident strong. And I want to be confidently strong. I would rather be confidently strong, but not quite as strong, but confident in that strength than that strength to be questionable, but it just so happened to be there when I need it. But in regards to overall, like how I felt with my blood pressure being way down, you know, like, like the feeling my, some of the inflammation in my stomach being way down, you know, just feeling extremely squeaky clean on the inside, ultra processing of food. You know, just uh, there were so many great selling features uh, to the carnivore diet, except for how much it cost. That's not cool. 
Um, but again, when it comes to plugging these gaps in, you know, like the endurance portion and, you know, lacking in, you know, potentially some, you know, vitamins and minerals and, you know, things like that, I can plug those holes very easily. Um, and when I say a modified carnivore diet would be, I would, I would exercise some plant-based fats, you know, like avocados and coconut oil and almond butter. Like I would definitely incorporate some of those like for sure. So it'd be like a heavy, heavy protein diet, um, not necessarily in, in uh, ketosis, you know, but just having some of those plant-based fats, you know, to be able to, to complement um, the animal-based fats that go with it. Cause I, I really feel like that would plug some of the gaps in, you know, having a, like a wicked multivitamin and multimineral, like this new one that I'm taking from on it, this, this total human, this thing is unfucking believable. Like I tell you, I have taken a lot of multivitamins and multiminerals in my day and nothing has ever stacked to the quality of this product. Uh, it's just absurdly expensive. But when you look at the overall benefit to my life, like it's it's so hard. Now I'm in this this flux of like wanting to have to pay all this money for this supplement and the amount of benefit it's having to my body. So stacking that with uh, the carnivore diet, definitely think it's key. Cravings never hit me until, you know, maybe about like that third week or so, but that was really just for chocolate and for some reason red wine. You know, but like I would definitely eat some, you know, dark chocolate, especially now that I crave like 100% dark chocolate. So um, like I would just add that into the diet where I wouldn't have any chocolate when I was on the carnivore diet. And other than that, I didn't crave for anything, which that's the one thing that I loved about the carnivore diet is zero cravings relatively for everything. It was so easy to be able to walk past things all the time. And I love that selling feature because that's usually one of the hardest things It was just those cravings have to curb that sugar monster, just curb the craving to be able to eat something. Like you were just satisfied. Ultimate satiation is an amazing, amazing asset to have in your arsenal every day. I'm serious, not thinking about eating, not thinking about food or just not manifesting it or like planning meals or anything along those lines. Great selling feature. Um, when it came to the vegan diet, you know, from an endurance standpoint, like as we know, fantastic. Like it, it was great. You know, my endurance was up. I felt great. It, it was fantastic. Um, you know, endurance is something I heavily leverage in my day, and I really want that to be a part of my life. So the vegan diet was was great for that. Like my blood work looked phenomenal. My blood has never looked so good under a microscope as when it did when I was on uh, the vegan diet. However, you know, it was just you know, my, my strength being way down, you know, like just like picking up weight and not feeling strong is something that I don't like at all. Um, that was really discouraging, really hard for me to be able to push through. Um, but then never mind, like the chronic overeating, the, the feeling stuffed, really heavy stomach, um, just chronically feeling full, you know, feeling so full that I don't even want to eat another bite. I'd put down my plate, but I would pick it up and walk it to put it in the sink. And I would see something sitting on the counter and I would just have like this, this issue with inside me saying like, you know, eat like this, this craving inside me saying like, oh, you got a little bit more room, you know, not even an intense craving or not even something that was really at my forefront of thought, but something that was just like, hey, just take a bite. Like, come on, like, like, but it's not big, like take a bite. You got a little bit more room. And I didn't like that at all, you know, because to me, that really epitomizes this battle that people face all the time about, oh, there's just a little bit more room. There's always room for dessert. Like, oh, you know, like when we have these like really high calorie dense foods or just, you know, like just eating more than what we should. Like I, I would I would overeat and feel disgusting for like I wouldn't want to throw up like there just wasn't any more room. And, but then I would walk past something that I knew fundamentally tastes good and I would want to take another bite in almost every single time I did. And my blood pressure went up too. And I think a lot of that is resulted just the overeating. 
you know, so like when I come, like when I factor in all of these things, this is why for to me, like the, the vegan diet is just not the selling feature. It has far more holes. I would need to supplement way more. Um, like I don't necessarily agree with supplementing with just plant-based proteins. Um, you know, like I know there's some great ones out there and I'm not discrediting them. I just now knowing what I know and feeling how I feel like there's just, there's nobody that can convince me. Like, like I've walked a mile in these shoes until you've compared these diets the way that I have. You cannot tell me that a plant-based protein feels the same in your body because it absolutely doesn't. Well, I, I, let me, let me reel this back. It absolutely doesn't in mine. Now that might in yours, that's fine, but this is the point. There's not one size fits all. There's because I'm doing something does not mean that it's going to work for you. You need to experiment and it's a long drawn out process. And the worst thing is, is it changes regularly. You know, but like the biggest thing is that it's just, you cannot be married or sold to one idea. And that's for me, that's why I have to find a hybrid of like how high functioning I was just eating meat sources, but just adding some of these little extras in that I know are dramatically going to help me. My injectable B12, this um, total human, you know, like a lot of these things that I know are going to help avocado, coconut oil, almond butter, um, chia seeds, um, just a lot of these really good quality nutrients that I know my body thrives for and thrives off of. But I just like, I couldn't commit. Like I just, for the simple fact of overeating and the amount of inflammation and stress overeating and having such a heavy carbohydrate diet and trying so hard to only eat whole foods and be able to get enough protein, the overconsumption of carbohydrates was absurd. And I just can't do it. I gained 10 pounds um, on that vegan diet and I've struggled to be able to get it off since then. And I'm not saying that everybody's going to gain 10 pounds on a, on a vegan diet, but I did. And anybody can track my numbers of seeing where that weight increase came from. And everybody can track my numbers also of how much I've struggled trying to be able to get that weight off ever since then. Now, the ketogenic diet is actually a diet that I really like. You know, I it's very easy for me to be able to uh, predominantly consume fat. Um, you know, like I feel like it was the best overall diet for strength and performance. My strength felt like it was like 80, 90%. My, my endurance felt 80, 90%. You know, it was really good, you know, but the, the problem that I had with it is that, you know, a lot of people say like, look, you know, like you can eat fruits and vegetables on a ketogenic diet and sure, absolutely you can you know, but you eat so little protein. I was like, well, if I'm eating these fruits and vegetables, yes, there's micronutrients in them, but the small amount that I can have is extremely unbeneficial. So I'm really only eating it for the carbohydrates and the taste. Why wouldn't I just eat more protein? Eating more protein is going to be more beneficial than eating that. And then also then taking a stronger multivitamin. But if I had to then choose between the two, do I want to eat more protein or more fat? If I'm already going to be taking a multivitamin for micronutrients anyway, I would go still resort back to the carnivore diet. You know, because as much as I really enjoyed having the ketogenic diet and I can easily process fats and, you know, like I like being in ketosis, especially when I'm hiking, there's, it never even came close to the clean feeling and just the universal great feeling that I felt when I was on the carnivore diet. But if I had to choose between the carnivore diet, the vegan diet and the ketogenic diet in a scale of like a one, two, three, it would definitely be carnivore diet, ketogenic diet, then vegan diet at the end hands down, no ifs, ands, or buts. Um, like I said, the ketogenic diet, I think for your average person who just wants like like good strength, good performance, you know, something that, you know, really helps kind of curve all cravings again because you come like fat dependent, you're not craving carbohydrates and you're kicking that sugar monster and, 
you know, all those different great aspects and just really retraining I think is great. The problem is, is that when you come off the ketogenic diet, everybody's going to gain weight. Having those extra carbohydrates in your body and all those water molecules attaching to those carbohydrates, you are going to balloon up. You are going to gain some weight and it just forces you to either be on the ketogenic diet for a lifetime or um, you know, really doing a proper protocol coming off. You know, if, if you were on the or the ketogenic diet for three months or six months, to me in my mind, it's an easy double down coming off it because you have to really balance, you know, like the weight gain that you are going to get, you know, you, like everybody's going to, like you are going to gain some weight because you're just not holding on to the water the same way that you would when you have all the carbohydrate in your body and all the glycogen in your body. It's just like, there's no if, ands, or buts. You are going to gain some weight. So like, to me, that's the tough part is because that's the why most people are doing this to be able to lose some pounds. But if you lose some pounds, then you gain so much back. Like, it's going to be really hard. Like, it's going to be, you're going to want to go back on. You're going to feel like the system failed. You're going to feel like you never really gained anything. And I can see that because it's real. You know, unless if you have a ton of weight, you know, like, like 20, 30, 40, 60, 80, 100 pounds. Like, I think that's what the ketogenic diet is really successful is like when you have a big chunk of weight to be able to lose. But if you're within that last 10, 15 pounds, I do not think that it's necessarily as beneficial and long, as long as you're, if you're going to come off it, if you're always going to stay on a ketogenic diet, for sure, because you're not going to get the water retention, you know, but if you're going to uh, go on and come off, you're going to gain some of that weight back. And that's going to be the 10 pounds you're probably trying to lose anyway which then you're back at not really like a net gain, right? You're kind of like a net loss because you invested all this time in and you didn't really get anywhere. Um, so again, that's where I kind of feel like the holes in the system there. And that hole is a substantial hole because you can't actually do anything about that. Like you can't supplement anything in unless you're thinking about like a diuretic, but then you get like a whole nother set of issues in it. Do you really want to be then popping diuretics simply to be able to make a transfer back to another diet? No, like we want to be able to transfer back to a diet that just we can run naturally and feels good. So you know, again, like, like that is a substantial, that is as substantial a hole to me as it is just the intense um, cravings, you know, or like not even the cravings, like the intense amount of potential overeating of being on the vegan diet because it's a carbohydrate based diet. Um, and I just think that it really, really offers that opportunity to be able to overconsume calories. Now, let's get into the paleo diet. So when we look at the paleo diet, what did, what did that offer? I think that it offered great neutrality, something you don't really have to think about. You can just wander through your day. You can aimlessly kind of eat like whatever you want. You have to be semi-mindful of the food going into your body, but you can really completely check out. Like you can completely check out of almost any limitations of things you can eat. It's very unrestrictive. Like anybody who thinks the paleo diet is restrictive diet is out to fucking lunch, like hardcore 100%. It is the most lax diet. And because of that, you walk into all these avenues. Like I was eating stuff and I was going to stores and buying stuff that I would never normally eat because it was a paleo treat. You know, and like that doesn't mean that it's good for you or healthy for you or it's not calorie dense. You're not going to gain some weight for it. It just, it tasted good and it said paleo on it so I could eat it, did the research and everything that was in it was paleo. But because there's no kind of restriction, you end up really going off the deep end because there's so many snacks that you can eat. And I realize that so many of them are high calorie snacks because they're a combination of fats and carbohydrates, which is the worst. The combination between fats and carbohydrates is the worst kind of snacking that you can do. It's the worst kind of meals that you can have because your body's always going to want to metabolize that carbohydrate first. And then you just end up with like this huge calorie dump that your body no longer needs as fuel. This is a problem. This is a very big problem. You know, and again, to me, like 
just the laxness of it. If you're looking for something globally just easy to be able to follow, it's definitely that. If, if it gets you out of consumption of McDonald's and, you know, like pizza and, you know, like all this kind of junk shit like pop and, you know, like dairy products and all that kind of stuff, like that's fantastic. Like, you know, if that's if that's what you need it for, that's great. You know, and some people need that and that's the bridging you need to get. But the thing is for somebody like me, I don't need that. Like I, I need to be able to look at my nutrition strictly from like performance and how this is going to be able to benefit my body because again, like I don't want to wake up and have to deal with anything. I want to be able to wake up and just be able to crush shit all the time. You know, like that's where my mind is locked in. I want to be able to focus on my lane, my avenue, and I want to stick within it and I want to kill it. And the paleo diet did not offer me that. It was way too lax. Um, I, it's not that I need a strict and rigid system to follow. That's not it. It's just... You know, like it, it opens the door to too much. And I feel like that's where the success could potentially diminish um, because like, you know, once you allow that, that yourself to walk through the door a little bit, you're going to continue to keep on walking through it a little bit more. And that's where I feel like the wheels could really come off the bus, you know, over the course of three months or six months or a year, where you just end up right back at, at square one um, because there's just, there's no real hard definition, you know, of like not or staying successful with inside that lane because there's so much variance and with variance then you know we start to see the the wheels come off the bus and this is just my opinion something that i've seen over the years is that when people have too many options you know they they end up you know taking or if you give an inch you take a mile and you know with diet it thoroughly is that so um that's kind of like my outtake my my general overview now when you look at like the amount of information that I really feel like it needs to be and like the, the depth of it and the scope of what we need to do, like a complete overhaul of the information that we're coming out in, you know, this industry with and the advice we're giving people because it's like, you know, I still tell people all the time that my blood pressure went through the roof when I was on the vegan diet and like 99% of the people that I tell think I'm full of shit. They don't believe it. I'm like, go online and look like the results are there. Like I can't manufacture these. And then every time that there's carbohydrates back in my diet, I see the same thing. Like look on the paleo diet, you know, like on the paleo diet, it's pretty much exactly that same way. Like I restricted my carbohydrate intake yesterday. You know, I minimally ate, I've been trying to fast, you know, like not like hardcore fasting, you know, but just very minimal like, or uh, calorie restriction for about the last like weekend, just to flush, you know, like my body and some of these carbohydrates out of, out of my body and just really kind of get back into real simple, you know, fat and protein based eating. And I wake up this morning, I almost have optimal um, blood pressure again, you know, like really restricting the carbohydrates in my body. And, you know, like I, I've never heard this narrative and I just don't hear people talking about it. And I think it's an absolute injustice, you know, to people out there, you know, like that we're not creating these narratives. Um, like I, I think that this information really needs to be, you know, a lot more um, publicly available. I think that we as an industry have a lot more of a responsibility to be able to share this information and actually talk about it and being able to put our hand up and admit that we're wrong. You know, like when I look at people now, when I hear people giving advice, I look at them, I'm, I'm like, that's not true. You know, like don't sell it as the gold standard. It might be a portion of it, but you cannot tell people that that one thing is true. Let me tell you why. I've walked in these shoes. I've been extremely diligent when I've been on these diets to make sure that I respect them um, so that the, the numbers are accurate. You know, I'm on the Kangen water, um, you know, portion of it right now. And I just went through the last uh, couple days without having any Kangen water. I drink regular water. That's just far off um, is what I've been on any one of these diets for about like six months now. Because I missed a couple of days on the water uh, just because the office was closed and I couldn't get in and have access to the water. And it was my birthday and my daughter's birthday back to back. It was just, it was hectic and I couldn't do it. Not that any excuses are valid. 
you know, but like that's as far as off as I've come on these diets. So when we look at that and the profound effect that these have had on my body, like nobody can tell me that my strength didn't go down when I was on the vegan diet. It did. It absolutely did. I felt weak. Like nobody can tell me that my endurance didn't go down when I was on the carnivore diet. It absolutely did. It was brutal running that mile. You know, like it was brutal doing things that were like very heavy um, in the endurance side. You know, like I had mass amount of deviation in my diet, like tons of cravings, like driving places to be able to pick things up when I was on the paleo diet. I absolutely did. You know, like these things just happen. You know, like you, like you can't control these things. This is why I want to be open about it and stay this information. These are the holes. These are the things that you need to think about. These are the things you need to think about when people are selling ketogenic drinks and, you know, like like meat is bad and it causes high blood pressure and all this bullshit. Cause like, you know, like all this stuff, like it's just, it's so bad. It's such, there's a plethora of bad information out there and you hear it, I hear it. We are all systemically just inundated with this misinformation. So we're going to keep on running these experiments. We have a lot left to do. We're going to keep on running them to be able to keep shedding this light in. You know, I'll be a lot more diligent and be able to get this information out there because you guys absolutely deserve, you know, to be able to hear it. And I'm going to get, you know, back into the swing of things. You know, summer hits in, things are busy, life is busy, blah, 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 blah. And I apologize because, you know, like, again, like I have a responsibility to myself to be able to get this out. I have a responsibility to you guys to be able to get this out. But more importantly, like we all need to start changing the narrative when it comes around like health and nutrition and wellness. And the, the biggest things that I have come to really realize outside of all of these is just the detriment, the absolute detriment to our health, you know, of eating factory farm food, commercially farmed food, industrially farmed food, whether it is plant-based or animal-based, it doesn't matter. Like, like big scale farming is just not the way that we need to go. It needs to be brought a lot more local, a lot more farm to table, a lot more within, you know, 50 or 100 miles. Like this is just something that we need to, this is a shift that we need to be able to make like as a culture and just really investing more time into understanding like our bodies and what works for us and what works in a time and be able to change either seasonally or mood dependent or stressors in life. Like this is something that we need to focus on to be able to make these fundamental shifts because it's not important to me. It's important to you. It should be important to you. This is your health. This affects your health. Something that I love doing all the time is hiking in the backcountry, but when my blood pressure is high, I struggle. I now recognize that when I start to hike, when my blood pressure is high normal or in like that grade one hypertension category, my performance is garbage. When I start to hike and my blood pressure is in the optimal range, I will fly. It is amazing. It is incredible. So again, this is something that I love, something so simple as my blood pressure is hindering me or making it tough for me to do something when it's that tough. Do I enjoy it as much? I love go struggling through the adversity, but would most people go again? Would most people seek out again to be able to make it that hard? Would you be able to push through that? Would you want to be able to keep on pushing through it? Or is that the time where I'm like, oh, I'm getting a little bit older, things are a little bit harder now, the body aches a little bit more? No, it's all bullshit. Is everything to do with what you're putting in your mouth. We're making it harder on ourselves and then we're using ourselves as an excuse to not allow ourselves to be able to be healthy. And this is just food. This is There's the mental health component. There's the physical health component. There's the relationship component. There's so many factors that need to be talked about in the experiences that I've realized you know, over the course of these diets that are just phenomenal pieces of the puzzle that we need to be talking about. So I want to 
I want to pause it here and then I'm going to get into it at a different time about talking about the, the mental health component of what I found across all these stats as well. So, you know, again, I just want to say thank you for bearing with me. Thank you for being patient. But, you know, here it is. This is a little bit of a conclusion between these diets. And I hope there's a little bit of information that y'all could, you know, piece together out of all that um, with that I probably spoke about twice as fast as what I should. But, hey, you know, when you're passionate about something, it comes out fast. So have a great day, guys. Peace out.